very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growing Dentist. I'm so excited today to be talking to Claudia, Claudia Lovato of Morado Dental Academy. Claudia is an expert in working with people and really, you know, one of the things that she's really passionate about is understanding the generational differences. So I'm really excited to be talking to you today, Claudia, and welcome. Welcome to Growing Dentist. Thank you, Norm. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I'm really excited. I always enjoy talking about this topic. So I'm excited to be on your show. Yeah, so let's jump in. So before we get into the details, I just wanted uh, our people to understand, our listeners to understand, um, you know, um, just the different generations, the age groups, and, and, and what are they, because, you know, so we can all have a common language, so we can all, you know, have an intelligent conversation and listen and learn from your experience. Sure. So I think, you know, depending on who you're, who you're talking to, uh, people have a different idea of what, what date are uh, defined generations, so, but it's pretty close. So baby boomers would be born between the year 1946 and 1964. Uh, Gen Xers are born between 1965 and 1976, and that's me. I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, I should say Gen X. I say I. That's my my slang for Gen X. Um, Millennials are born between 1977 and 1995. Uh, they can also be called Gen Y. And uh, the iGen, or the new, newest generation, they're called Gen Z, iGen, or Centennials. We haven't figured out what to call them yet. <laughs> and they're born anywhere after, anytime after 1996. Right. So, so it's yeah. uh, baby boomers, Gen Gen X. Gen X, Gen Y, and then Gen I. Yes, and Gen Y and Millennials are the same. So millenn- I, I just basically refer to them as Millennials. That's what okay. everybody recognizes. Right, mm-hmm. so Gen Xs are not Millennials, it's really Gen Y? Yeah, so Gen X is 1965 to 1976. Right, so and they're like, most- I, I was born in 75, I'm 42, so they're like, 40 to 60 year olds, right? Right now, the Gen yes. Xs. Mm-hmm. And baby boomers are anybody above pretty much 63, something like that, correct? Correct, yes. And then the Gen Y, uh, uh, Gen Y, who you also call millennials, which is what mm-hmm. everybody talks about, they are between what, 42 or 40 and um, 20, is that right? Uh, younger than 40, so it's 1977 to 1995. So right. 95 would be 20, I'm, I'm terrible with now. So uh, they'll be in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 22 to, 20s. Uh, 22 to 30, uh, 39 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of millennials in the workforce now, and then we have, we are going to, you know, we're having the iGen uh, entering the workforce. So it's it's getting even more complicated. <laughs> right, right. I'm just wondering, you have helped a lot of people with this. So do you think we should start by talking about the differences in these generations, just to get everybody an overview, or how do you think we should? Well, absolutely. I think think the 
biggest problem leaders make, and since we're talking about the dental practice, either the, the practice owner or the dentist or office manager that's leading the team, uh, the, the biggest mistake that's made is using old approaches and then being frustrated when those old approaches just don't work. So if you don't understand why people are are not performing or they're not complying, they're, they're just not responding to your approach of leadership, rather than being frustrated with them, it's time we really, we really look into why our approaches aren't working and, and we make some adjustments. We need, we need a little tune-up um, to adjust to these different uh, age groups. Right, right. So you're saying um, you are in Italy and you're speaking uh, uh, Russian or, or, I don't know, Portuguese, and it just doesn't work. Right, um, right. Right. So these people are different, and the way they think is different, the way they approach things are different. So if you don't have the right map, and you're using the wrong map, you're going to get lost. You need, you know, if you're in Rome, you need to have a map of Rome. So, mm-hmm. so as leaders, as owners, they need to understand the differences and, you know, how these people are wired and how they think so you can better communicate and, you know, work with these people of different generations. Absolutely. And then, you know, not to be the bearer of bad news, but once you understand them, then your work begins because how do you get the different generations in a diverse workplace to be on the same page if 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 you have say two or three generations that all respond to different approaches then how do you adjust to that so that's where the trick uh tricky part is you know getting everyone to get along and and so it it's it's complicated <laughs> yeah let me let me get a, a talk something specific right so let's say i'm a gen uh, X, so I'm anywhere between 40 uh, to 62, let's say, okay? I'm the owner of the practice. I'm the dentist. The people I work with, let's say there are a lot of Gen Ys. You know, they're less than 40 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And more mm-hmm. than 22, right? The team members, the dental assistants, the hygienists, and so forth, or even maybe an associate. So who am I? So first, help me understand a Gen X, uh, how I think, and so forth. And then help me understand a Gen Y, uh, how the Gen Y are things. And help me navigate this. And then we'll do the same thing with baby boomers. So we'll kind of try to do some role-playing and kind of understand sure. how uh, how this works. Sure. So so I will tell you, baby boomers and Gen Xers, the Gen X uh, generation, they're very similar. So when, when I talk about the characteristics, uh, I'm here I'll talk about baby boomers and Gen X in the same context because they're very similar and I'll get into why they're similar um, later. But So I'm going to take a guess that you like to work independently right. and you hate, you hate to be micromanaged. Right. <laughs> Is that pretty accurate? Absolutely correct. Okay. And you probably value seniority, so if you're working in a company, seniority matters. And you're also... Uh, motivated by recognition for job well done when you when you do complete a task uh, or at least some recognition, you probably have very high standards and you like if you're working for someone you like them to have high standards. Um, and change is a little can be a little difficult for a baby boomer and Janet. 
that sound pretty close? Uh, yeah, a couple of minor tweaks, at least in my ex- experience. So for example, I have a client who is a, gen- a baby boomer. I am a Gen Xer. Mm-hmm. And um, for my client who is a baby boomer, he loves that personal relationship. He loves, you know, that, you know, one-on-one thing. And that means a lot to him, you know, that rapport mm-hmm. and stuff. So we have somebody in our team and he, he really relates to this person and he only wants to talk to that person. And he, <laughs> that relationship means a heck to him, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, I, on the other hand, I'm a Gen Xer. When it comes to making decisions, I'm all fact-driven. You know, I use data to make my decisions. I'm not really, oh, well, the relationships, it's kind of okay, but it's not that important to me, right? Mm-hmm. So I see that being a difference between me and uh, at least this particular client who's a baby boom. I'm not generalizing, but something I noticed. That's, that's a great um, catch. That's a great catch. Because that's correct. That is, they are very similar, but you're right. When it comes to a sales approach and and uh, let's say a dentist is treatment uh, uh, presenting a case to a patient and treatment planning, there is a different uh, approach between a baby boomer and Gen X, where baby boomers are relationship more relationship driven, and Gen X is a little more about the information and and the data. You're correct there. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and I think um, when it comes to, um, uh, I think, yeah, I totally agree. I, I like to work independently. I like to produce results. Now, I've heard complaints. Of course, I'm not like this, but I've heard people complain, well, the young people don't care about hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, uh, that's not... the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, now, I work really hard, so I'm technically, you know, at the borderline of millennial because I was born in 75, and you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, the millennials, i.e. Gen Y, started in 77. So mm-hmm. I work really hard. So I, I don't know if I would say I don't work hard, but of course I work hard, but I do the things I love also, you know. So it's not just about working hard for the sake of working hard or for the for the man or for somebody else or anything. It's really doing something you're passionate about. So for me, yes, I do work hard, but... I have to get excited. Even this call, you know, if I'm not excited, I wouldn't be talking to you today because, you know, that to me is really important. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. I need to enjoy mm-hmm. myself, right? So I, I don't know. What's your take on that? Like, you know, boom, baby boomers versus Gen X. Do you feel, um, like, what's the difference between baby boomers and Gen X when it comes to, you know, working hard versus, I don't know, just you tell me. You 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 have been thinking about this a lot longer than I have. Well, I think I think that again, baby boomers and Gen X are very similar. However, you've touched on a couple of things that are different. And baby boomers are are task focused, and where you're you're um you're on the borderline of Gen X and um, millennial, and so you want to be inspired, you want to be excited. And that's where the younger generations are. So, um, but but I want to, you know, here's something that's important for everybody to know that people aren't thinking about when they're frustrated with these younger generations is the baby boomers and the older Gen X generation created the millennials and the Gen Ys and, the, and were creating the Gen Ys. So their behaviors are all based on parenting styles. 
So right. that's that's what I learned. That's how I figured. I had a big aha moment when I was, you know, uh, figuring out how to get millennials to respond because my old approaches and strategies were not working. And in digging in and studying their behaviors and trying to figure out why they weren't responding, I, I discovered that it was the parenting styles of their parents. And the reason why was the baby boomers, what, what made the baby boomers and the older Gen Xers such hard workers is because it was expected and we had, we had rough times. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, our parents had really high standards. Our parents' lives and schedule didn't revolve around ours and our activities. Right. It was quite the opposite. So, right. you know, we went to school and, and, you know, if we were lucky, we got enrolled in some activities, but, but it didn't run our parents' lives. And so we, we, had, a, we had great childhoods, but somehow we thought, well, we have kids we're going we're gonna to do it differently than our parents did. We're going to give them more things and sign them up for more activities and make their childhood magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what we missed out is childhood already is magical. So right. you, you don't have to fill it up with stuff and activities. It's already magical. But we, did, we just decided we were going to do this this way. We're going to do it better. And what we did is we created the millennials and the Gen Ys in, in a way that, you know, I'll, I'll define it to you really quickly. And, and some people are going to go, oh, my gosh, I get it. I get my why my team is not responding. Um, you'll see a, a parent tell a child, if you do your homework, you get an hour of video games. So we bribe them. We, we, we told them, you know, we go, if you do something, you get this. Well, when I was a child, you did your homework or, or your father was disappointed in your bad grades. And so the, the disappointment, that was, we didn't need a carrot dangled in front of us as a, a reward to get good grades. It mattered to us that our parents approved and were proud of us. But, be, but because we decided we were going to do it better and we we're going to make it magical, oh, well, we're going to bribe our kids to do their homework. And, and if they eat all their vegetables, they're going to get dessert. Um, <laughs> you, what Some of us Gen Xers, when we were kids, if you didn't eat your food, your, your mother wrapped it up and put it in the refrigerator and you had it for dinner the next night <laughs> because we weren't going to be wasteful. So if parent, parenting style shaped the generation, every generation. Mm-hmm. So you're hitting a really good point, and I'm just thinking about while you're talking. So I bet um, if you were raised by somebody who grew up during the World War, right, you are, I mean, like it's almost like a privilege to be alive, and, you know, you are just doing your part in, in the, you know, just to, you know, just to, you know, make things work, right? And then your parents are that way, so they, they don't, they don't. They, they don't believe the life is. You know, they, they believe that you have to work hard. You have to do your part. So you're raised mm-hmm. with that kind of value system, right? And right. you you work hard, and you don't really ask, oh, does it inspire me, and why is it great, and all that stuff. But the younger people, like you exactly. said, our parents. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm on a borderline of millennial and a, um, 
Gen X. So our parents kind of spoiled us, right? It's all about us. We are the center of the universe, not, oh, you know, there are bigger things than that. So, you know, we they, they pampered us, they thought about us, they spent so much time on us, et cetera, et cetera. So we felt, you know, we are the center of the universe. So for us, especially the younger, um, like I, I'm the borderline, so the millennial mm-hmm. types, you have to be inspired. You have to, you know, do something that's amazing or something that you're passionate about or something like that. So you the, the just, oh, work hard because that's what you're supposed to do. Doesn't It's not good <laughs> right. enough for us. Right. And and here's here's uh you know, something important to to know and understand is no matter so if you're a baby boomer or an older Gen X practice owner, yeah. You're not gonna get anywhere if you're just frustrated and, and you refuse to accept that that's just the way it is as far right. as you can't you can't change this generation. You're not gonna break them like wild ponies. Uh it, it can't be done. Trust me, I've been there, done that. It, it can't be done. So you have to accept that they are different and right. old strategies and old approaches no longer work. And so what what we don't like is, is baby boomers and older Gen Xers is we like our independence and, and we don't like to be micromanaged. Now, going back to that parenting style, you, you know, what you just said and what I, I spoke about was – because the parents basically manage their children's lives, that generation, and over-scheduled and, and the activities and the fun and, and everything, the children were not responsible for managing their own time and their own life and their own homework. And right. so they, they need structure. So Gen Y millennials need structure. They might not like it. They might buck it, but they know they, they need it and want it because they feel a little out of sorts without it because they don't know how to self uh, hold themselves accountable or to think they, they really do thrive with structure. So, that's, that's yeah. That's point. So let, let me get into that a little bit. So, um, so I, I'm in the borderline. Now, I had a kind of a weird life in the sense, yeah, till I was 18, I was pampered. Everything was done for me, and my mom, pretty much her life revolved around me. But when I was 18, I went to the States for my studies, and, uh, you know, financially, uh, they couldn't afford to support me for the whole four years. So I kind of, you know, I don't want to send them to the poorhouse, so I just figured out how to work and make money and all that stuff. So I kind of became very independent from the time I was 18, and pretty much it's just the way the life worked out and it was the circumstances. So are you saying that a lot of people are in the mom's or parents' you know, cocoon, so to speak, and they are protected for too long, so they kind of, even after they become quote-unquote adults, they still want that um, structure and guidance, somebody to tell them what to do and all that stuff. Is that something you're noticing when you work with because you know I, I haven't thought about this so I'm just curious absolutely so I I you know when when I when I teach in a classroom I know my first experience with teaching um, in a college setting you know the, the the students had their syllabus and you know I I had the class rules and the program rules on the board and they they took that syllabus as their Bible, and they held me to it. That, that was, if it's in writing, and it, it's it's a structured structure that they they really thrive with that. Um, even if they don't like it, 
because they know they they that's one thing they don't have to self manage. They go, okay, this is the expectation. This is when this due. Okay, I can do that. And, and uh, because they're used to their parents managing, their parents manage their their schedule growing up. Do they grow out what? of it? Do they kind of figure out their? Do they become self managing at any point, or you don't see them changing? Well, I, I think I think with technology, there's so many tools that they're they're the technology generation, and so they do they are able to self manage with with all the tools, you know, and, and uh, so that helps. But this is so new that we don't know what they're going to be like in ten years, you know. So right. we'll see how it goes, but but for now. This this generation in the workplace, they need structure. They need accountability. Without it, they're bouncing, not knowing. It doesn't matter how much you pay them, if 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 they don't have some direction, some leadership, some inspiration, and some structure, they won't be happy no matter what you do. I understand. So you have to. Uh, so this is like almost like a. You have to be engaged with them quite a bit. You can't just, you know, do your thing and not engage with them personally and expect great things. You have to spend the time. You have to have meetings. You have to kind of work with them and guide them and coach them. And it's like high touch. Yes, it it is. And you know, they really want to feel like they're making an impact and they're making a difference. So. In the dental practice, we we get so busy, and we we tend to get uh, tunnel vision, and we get uh, procedure centric or procedure focused, and schedule focused, and goals as far as the numbers, and and then we get frustrated when when our team is not helping us hit those goals and and milestones, but. And, and we go, well, why aren't we hitting hitting our numbers? What's what's going wrong? Why aren't people motivated? What, why aren't they motivated by a paycheck? Do your job and I pay you. Right. And so we, we get frustrated. But what but the missing piece is we forgot to sit down with every new employee, explain to them the mission and the vision of the practice help them understand that we do make an impact in our community because we help our patients be healthier. We change lives. We save teeth. We we make beautiful smiles. And when a patient has a beautiful smile, it's life-changing. So when, when we can inspire our team to really grasp the impact of what a dental practice can do in that community, that's inspirational for them. And we forget to do that because... Old, like I said, old approaches and strategies don't work. We can't just sit down and say, okay, we need to convert X amount of calls into scheduled appointments, and then hygiene department, we need to, you need to be scheduling treatments, you know. No one should leave the practice without an appointment or follow-up. Well, that, all, that used to work. But the newer generation, we have to inspire them that when we don't see our recall patients every six months, we don't get to give them that oral cancer screening that we do every six months. 
so that we can catch an abnormality before it turns into stage three cancer. Right. So I get it. So in other yeah. words, what he's saying is <laughs> the, the younger people just saying, oh, well, it's money or it's success. Just do it because that's what you need to be successful or that just you need to get the money is not good enough. It has to be no. something bigger. It has to be something purpose-driven. It has to be something, yeah, I feel good about doing this. I want to do this because, yeah, money is nice and it's useful, but that's not the be-all and the end-all. It's yeah. really the purpose. It's really the, I, I relate to it because I, I, you are talking to me. You're talking to, yeah. like, I'm, your, I'm the millennial you're talking to, even though I'm at the borderline, you know, I, 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 that's the way I think. Mm-hmm. You know, money is great, but that's really not what drives me. Money is kind of like a byproduct. It's not, you know, the, the most important thing. And if, if the purpose is not there, if that passion is not there, I don't want to do it. Exactly. And I think going back to my childhood, because I, I was brought up in a bubble, if I were to use that term, like, you know, the, I was the world, the, everything revolved around me. So, yeah, I'm all about, you know, making me feel good and making me feel excited. And, of course, that sometimes, a lot of times comes from purpose and doing the things that I'm passionate about and stuff like that. Am I making sense? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you hit up, you hit a couple of good points. One is you said, uh, of course, you know they have to align. So of course, they are not the owner of the business. They are somebody who's part of the team. So they have to see the power of your vision, your your mission. What are you trying to do? What difference you're taking? You're trying to make, and they have to identify with it, and they have to be want to be part of it. Correct. Correct. And second, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they have to feel like that leverages who they are as well. So let's say they love helping people. So if you make put them in a role where they are behind a desk doing numbers, they feel like they're not really making a difference and they get, you know, so you have to really understand them and hopefully uh, give them a role that helps them do the things that they feel they're meant to do or they're good at doing. Is that also important or not really? It's 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 paramount. To having a high-performing team, um, I, I specialize in that. So, you know, you you have to figure out if you don't sit down and say, "Do you are you passionate about your position and what you're doing?" And it, you know, if it doesn't fulfill them, they're not going to perform. If it if they're not feeling it, this um, I'm just going to speak the millennial thing. I'm not feeling it. If they're not feeling it, they're they're not going to perform. They're going to underperform, and right. we have to figure that out instead of just uh, being frustrated and banging our head against the wall, saying, "I don't know what's wrong with the team. Why aren't why are they underperforming?" Well, we have to understand, and we really have to dig deep and figure it out. And it's a process. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that makes 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 ton of sense. Now, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. So. <clears throat> So it starts with the recruiting, right? So you have to do this right from day one to really figure out the millennials um, and 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 like figure out what they're passionate about, figure out if they are excited about your purpose, or is that something you do once they are on board? I, I'm just trying to understand. Like, help me. Like, I want to be like a fly on the wall and kind mm-hmm. of see how this would work. Well, it always starts with recruiting and hiring. And, of course, wouldn't it be nice to just start from scratch? But but we can't do that, you know. So 
Of course, we're going to adjust how we hire recruits once we understand what, you know, the difference is. But, you know, I want to reiterate, we have a lot of millennials coming out of dental school. And they're either either coming into an associateship with a practice with a team already in place or they're buying a practice that they're, they're inheriting the team. And so now you have them leading an age diversity. So their leadership approach is going to be different than, say, an older Gen X dentist. So it's complicated. Uh, so the, the the practice owner that's an older Gen X or a, a younger Gen X or an older, you know, millennial, they, they have to understand all the age groups too because their approach is not going to work for an older Gen X employee. So it, it's really important that we understand the differences. And I'm just going to throw you out an example that is going to make a whole lot of sense to probably some inter-office conflict for just about anybody who's listening to your show. Baby boomers and Gen Xers value seniority. Generation Y and millennials see everyone as an equal. Right. They they are raised with the with and I'm I'm going to say entitlement not as a bad word. It's just how they're raised. The world is your oyster. When you walk in a room, you're you're everyone's equal. And so when you have a new employee that does not value seniority because they feel like they should be treated as an equal in that workforce, in that practice. And then they're working with two or three coworkers that are older Gen Xers. That seniority matters. They've been with that practice for, say, 10, 12 years, sometimes 20. And you will immediately have conflict. You'll have it within the first week. Because right. They're, they're they're in charge of, you know, training and mentoring these new employees. And the new employees are like, I got this, you know, back off. I don't, you know, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. a, it's immediate conflict. And unless that is understood and, and, and you have a plan in place to set people up for success, you're going to have instant conflict. And so... The best way to handle, so I'll give a tip to your listeners, the best way to handle that if you're hiring a millennial and you have a team that maybe one or two millennials, but maybe some Gen Xers, you need to introduce the existing employee to the millennial, the new employee. You need to you need to establish that seniority, that this person knows their stuff, they put in their time here, their value, because they've been there so long that they know the ins and outs of the practice, and they're going to help you. So you need to listen to them and follow their lead. They're going to help you. Now, right. when you establish that out of the gate, your new millennial employee is going to go, ooh, this is the person I need to listen to because they're going to help me do my very best. I want to be like them. But if you don't establish that, you are going to have a nightmare, the kind of nightmare that you will sleep at at night <laughs> because your employees will be 
mad at you. They'll be mad at each other. It'll be, you know, it's... Yeah, it's kind of I, interesting. Uh, in my company, I have 183 people, and I don't even believe in the idea of managers. I believe in the idea of coaches, meaning helping you grow. So I guess because as somebody at the borderline, I believe in, like, yeah, I, I agree. I think everybody's equal and, you know, like, there's no, like, you know, like, even though I'm the CEO, I, I want people to call me by the first name. And, you know, we are just all the same. We just We are all different and we try to, you know, bring the best of our abilities to do some amazing stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand now that you're explaining it now. For me, I can understand the point of view of an older Gen Xer or a, uh, or a, you know, or a baby boomer because they have been they have been putting a lot of time and they're like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm senior. I, you know, you need to listen to me and you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? So, um, right. and uh, it's very, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's. It's, it's something it's something that's really important because with the millennials, you know, you can see that as a negative. You know, there there's a lot of negative uh talk out there that I hear and millennials are getting a bad name when um I created a, a workshop and a program called Managing Millennials and I had to change the name. Number one, because millennials don't like to be managed. Exactly. <laughs> and number two, because I got hate mail. <laughs> because it just and and what what was funny about it is, if you go through the program, you realize that I'm embracing them and everybody, every generation, and bringing everybody together, and, and it's all about understanding um, everyone and, and, and engaging and, and getting to know you know, the differences and make it all uh, kind of stink and harmonize. But, um, you know, it's just really, it, it's just been a great experience to dig into it. But, yes, the millennials, they get a bad name. So back to what I was going to say when I went on my rabbit trail there. They, um, once you give them the right tool and the focus and the structure and the inspiration, they will work. They will do things. They will make magic happen. Right. So yeah, you a... really can't hold them back. You, you really, mm. you really will be a detriment to yourself if you're just mad and frustrated at them, and your your old approaches aren't working. But you just refuse to try something new. You're just going to try to break them like wild ponies. You're just going to fire them because they're not going to conform. But if you can understand them, inspire them lead them, give them the tools and the structure they need to thrive, they will change your practice. They will make it fantastic and awesome and all the things that you didn't even know were possible. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. I mean, like this Growing Dentist podcast, right? I mean, I guess a lot of the people who are part of it are millennials who are creating it and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it didn't exist a few months ago, and today we have thousands of people and, you know, so you are right in terms of creating magic, you know, like because they don't know that here is a ceiling and you have to stop here and you have to wait. You know, they think anything is possible. Like you said, the world is the oyster. Yes. So mm-hmm. because they don't have that mindset, oh, well, this is the way it is. You know, there's nothing the way it is. Anything can be changed. I mean, these are the people who created Facebook and, you know, all these amazing, you know, world-changing, you know, companies with billions of customers and whatnot, right? So. Right. Yeah, interesting. So you're saying you can tap their 
you know, so you can't, you don't have to look at it as a negative. You can really tap their strengths and like, you know, it's like a rocket ship. You can ride that rocket ship. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you will be a detriment to your practice if you don't get this right. And if you don't right. hire some millennials, if, because I've heard, I've heard people say, I will not hire another millennial. And, and they're firing them. And, and you will be a detriment to your practice because guess who your patients are? Guess right. who your patients are going to be? Guess who you want to attract to your practice? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're saying millennials are going to become the largest generation very shortly. Right? I think maybe you almost used to be, but now I think it's flipping to millennials. Right. right. It makes mm-hmm. makes makes a ton of sense. Tell me a little bit about how can you help our audience? I mean, we have, you know, thousands and thousands of dentists, you know, who get this uh, through iTunes as well as, um, you know, uh, through the website and so forth. So, like, tell me, do you have any courses? Do you have any books? Like, tell me a little bit more about how can our, 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 our dentists, you know, get you to help them? Sure. Um, well, one of the things we do at Marauder Dental Academy is I have a team of faculty that offers um, a lot of practice management courses and things. I personally, this is my specialty. I have um, my Leadership for the Ages program where I really dig into this uh, topic and help a practice owner understand every aspect of every generation and and how to make it work. I, I actually help them create an action plan and some programs and systems that are going to get everybody in in perfect harmony and in sync. And um, another thing that you and I talked about earlier was uh, understanding everyone's strengths and, and what they're passionate about doing. Um, I, have, I have a program called TRM training. It's called Team Resource Management, and it's understanding your, your most valuable and leveraging your most valuable resource which is your team's talent. And so that program, I I actually help figure out where everybody's at, what their role is, and then evaluate what their strengths are, what they love to do, what they're good at. And then we tweak things and we come up with an action plan for the whole practice and for the individual so that everybody's performing at higher levels. And so that's a TRM um, training and then the leadership for the ages. Now, the TRM training I do anytime because that's, I, I offer an online curriculum that supplements an on-site um, visit where I come out and meet your team. And then the leadership for the ages is, uh, is an online program. And that one is the next race registration available for that one's in April, mid-April. It's April 19th. So they can go to, I can be reached on my website, but, but I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. So I'm always up for, I get lots of emails. People ask me questions about this, and I'm always open to helping people out with their struggles and frustrations. Yeah, moradodentalacademy.com. That's your website, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
I think I think you know this this is awesome stuff. I really really enjoyed uh, you know talking to you today, and uh, um, we are going to put the link as well and you know more contact information. So anybody who's listening, you know, if they want to talk to you, I'm sure they can get a hold of you through that. And uh, um, I do appreciate your time today, uh, Claudia. And um, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening to this podcast. I had a lot of fun, and hope you had too. Um, Claudia, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you very much. And this concludes another episode of Growing Dentist. Thank you.